Welcome to Restoration Basics. This is the Preparatory Podcast. My name is Samuel Jordison. Andrew Smith. Jason Kane. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we had a great show last week with Amos Johnson sharing his testimony, sharing kind of about baptism and how it's a constant, constant reminder to be um, fellowshipping with the Lord and his conversion experience that took place years after he was even in the waters of baptism where he was really converted. We're hoping to keep the keep the trend going with this show or with this episode. Today we are in 2 Nephi chapters 14 and 15. So before we kick things off, we talk a lot about the doctrine of Christ, but what about the nurse in Christ? <laughs> <laughs> or the, I don't think that one's even better. <laughs> <laughs> We've taken several takes of this. <laughs> The jokes just keep getting worse, so let's just <laughs> or better power through. I guess. Power through. <laughs> oh boy. Uh. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happened last week, just to bring us up to speed. Nephi talked a lot about baptism. He talked a lot about the future of what's in store for us. He talked about you know salvation and and how that gate is entered in by and what you have to do after you enter in. And he's just continuing here in verse fourteen. And 15 to chapters 14 and 15, what the people are thinking in their hearts when he's telling them this. So I'm just going to kick it off. What did you guys get from this chapter in particular or chapters? 14 and 15 are both fairly, fairly short, but they have uh, a few verses in them that we are very familiar with. And so just excited to talk about those, I guess. Not much in the way of story. Yeah, it's an easy read, but a good read. Well, where do we want to start then? (laughs) From the very beginning. (laughs) And in the beginning, I, Nephi, was born of goodly parents. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're going to have to take two on all of 1st and 2nd Nephi. First Uh, verse I have in chapter 14 is verse 4. It's something uh, one of my teachers made into a song when I was in elementary school. Um and and so every time i read this i kind of forget that i remember it but i do have that that song still in my memory not well enough for me to sing it right now but but fairly do it no 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 uh and and four says and and this is one of the ones that is very familiar um with most people familiar with the Book of Mormon, it says, Wherefore, I say unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, very familiar scripture and an easy reminder for everyone that this is what we're trying to do really with the podcast is just diving into the scriptures and um, feasting upon his words. And hopefully we can learn something from it. Uh whether that's new or reminders, and it it really will just reading his word and uh, also listening and praying, and we'll get into some of the prayer stuff later, that that's going to give you the best path in your life, and and we'll know what to do with our lives if we are in tune with God. Yeah, I just think if you go to any youth camp, or actually (laughs) probably in adult classes too, if you ask like a general question of, well, what should we do then to to strengthen our relationship with God or it, whatever to and follow this commandment or et cetera. So you just ask a basic question and almost all the time, at least in the youth camp at Mammoth or at senior high camp or even in Kenya, uh, in Kenya, it was a very popular answer. You just, 
they give the very the answers that they know are right 90% of the time. And one of those answers is, well, you should read your scriptures and you should pray and you should fast. And those are all extremely important things. We're told it right here. But I, I like about this verse is it tells you kind of why you should do that. So it gives you an answer on, hey, you're not just praying or reading your scriptures or fasting because you're supposed to or because it's been commanded. But it tells you that It'll tell you the things that you should do. So you should be getting something from it. There's not a reason uh, or there is a reason that God commanded it. That's Yeah, and it goes into it a little more in verse 5 um, in terms of not doing something. It's like, wherefore now after I've spoken these words, if you cannot understand them, it will be because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light, but ye must perish in the dark. So... Not only is this just good advice of saying, you know, if you read your scriptures, stuff will go well. It, it's kind of a commandment, too, of if you're not studying, if you're not seeking answers, if you're not seeking direction, then it's just a natural consequence that you will perish in the dark. So I really like how, you know, it's, it's talking about scripture, but it's also kind of just more the general idea is the same for just God in general, is that he wants us to be involved with him as much as possible. When you think about feasting, it's not just eating your normal calorie intake. You you think of a person at a big long table, or at least I do, eating everything in sight. And when someone is offered, uh, when someone offers another plate to them, they say, yes, I want it. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost on the side of gluttony, you know? It's just like, I'm just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and that's how we're supposed to be with the scriptures, but it's also supposed to be describing how how we should strive to want to be in God's presence the whole time. And just like Jason said, if you don't understand something you've read, if you don't understand an aspect of God, it's because you it's not because it's not accessible to you. You know, God is an accessible God and and so that's why we should feast and, and get a taste of something because there's bound to be something we're unsure about or confused about. And, and he wants to give us that knowledge. You know, he wants to open those doors as soon as we knock. Well, on the topic of an accessible God, I, uh, the verse that I really liked in this chapter or uh, that I kind of wanted to discuss was there in 11 and 12 talking about praying. And you talked about how, um, God wants to be constantly in our lives. I don't, I've, you just said it, the verb, I don't forget what verbiage you used, but constantly with him. And here, uh, Nephi has given us one of the other common answers that's often given in class that you should pray. And not only um, that you should pray, he says, it's the spirit that teacheth the man to pray. So when you listen and to that still small voice, or when you get that inclination that says, I need to pray right now, you know where that comes from. That's coming from the spirit. That's not coming from anywhere else. That is God working directly with you. And then two, it says the evil spirit teacheth a man not to pray. So I don't know if you guys have ever been in situations, but I have in the past. It's, it's such a weird thing. And, and I'm glad I've kind of overcome it so far. But the idea that I don't really need to say a prayer right now, or it's okay. Like <laughs> I can't take, you know, just 45 seconds out of my day to just talk to God about whatever I'm about to do or wherever I'm about to drive to. Like, no, this is a good song. I'm going to, you know, even if you know, that's, we know where those thoughts are coming from. They're given to us by the evil swan. And um, then in 12, 
says you must pray always and not faint. You talk about an accessible God who's wants to be with us constantly. That's a that's a praying always type mentality. And I used to think <laughs> about this and I was like, that's so confusing because I can't even keep my thoughts on one thing the whole day. There's no way I can pray. Oh God, we're going to run out of things to talk about. That's just how it like me and my fiance, we run out of things. <laughs> to talk. We just sit. But I think along those same lines of me having a relationship with with Zoe or like even you two as my friends, there's times when we don't talk and we're comfortable in that silence because we're still near each other and, you know, we have each other's presence there. And that's what I get from the pray always type viewpoint that you're in communication with God. And if anything pops up new that you're still close enough to him, that you're still, he's the first one on your mind when you say, oh, who's, who's with me right now? It's God. He can handle whatever situations come up. Yeah. Like I've thought of that too. And a friend back in the day even said, wouldn't it be interesting if someone like got up front and was in a praying always mentality and all of a sudden he was like, he started his prayer with, and thank you for my socks and all this stuff just because that was what came next in his natural <laughs> mind. Yeah. And, but I don't think that's really how it would be, but it, it is kind of just walking in the spirit and not letting the things of the world be your mind main focus, but rather you always being aware um, of God and that communication that you should have with him and um, yeah, praying about, you know, even the mundane things. So I think that directly relates to a different scripture that is also very popular that says you should be in the world and not of it. You know, we should be in the world and involved with our normal activities, but we should be of the things of God. You know, we should be with him and in his presence at all times, even though our physical bodies may be at work or at school or in the car, you know, uh, being with God in those times is, is really what matters. And also on the topic of, you know, we've, we've talked about this before and it's preached a lot and it's taught a lot, but the essence of prayer or the, not essence of prayer, the, the part of prayer that is the listening part. I think we've lost that partly because it's very hard how to teach it. <laughs> I don't know how to, I mean, I don't consider, I've considered myself a pretty bad listener when it comes to to praying. And I'm not really at a spot where I could advise anyone on anything, but I think that's something we, we need to remember too, is the listening part. How do you recognize that? Because you, you need to be able to know him to recognize him, but how can you know him if you can't rec- <laughs> recognize yeah. him? You can't, yeah very important so what would you i guess i'll ask you then what to you is listening in your prayer because have you heard that before have you heard mm-hmm. to listening yeah what um I, i'd say just you might not hear an audible voice but just keep your mind on what you're praying about and just kind of meditate on those things and instead of once you say amen going back to watching a movie or something that just kind of still communing with God. And that doesn't necessarily mean talking. It just means kind of sitting and thinking on the things that uh, you had just prayed about or, you know, whatever else is going on. I think in my mind, and I won't say that I am really any good at listening in prayer as well, but in my mind, I think it has to start, start with, and this sounds, this sounds so simple, but it has to start with 
you realizing or accepting that um, that God has something to offer you is that when we pray, we often expect um, him to work like a vending machine. I know we've we've heard that a lot from several people is that we put in our order and then we just expect him to do his job and then we expect what we want, you know, the the Snickers bar or whatever we we asked him mm. for. But yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> maybe that would make your jokes better. Beast upon the way. Oh, <laughs> yikes. There's oh. contention in the room. <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> and that makes everything better, right? We all know I'm Sam's kidding, jokes kidding, are kidding, the kidding. best. Everybody knows that. But if you're in that state of listening, you you don't think of him as a uh, a vending machine at all because when you know it's easier to think of this as as a conversation between two friends if you if you want to talk to somebody especially if if this is like a close friend of yours the conversation doesn't really last that long and it's not that great if you just treat the other person like a vending machine if you say I am going to tell you this problem and this problem and this problem. And I expect you to say exactly this back. You have to come into that with, I'm going to give you what I have, but I also know that you're going to see something in me that I don't see. And you you have to value their opinion at least a little bit to allow for growth for you two personally, uh, you two together. And then you personally as well, because there's no progress made if if you believe you have all the answers. Yeah, it's also like allowing Christ to work with you and, and not resisting even some of the leadings of the spirit that you get. That That's also listening, that you just are able to kind of be in the spirit and know what you should do. And, and that's what it keeps saying is study and pray and you'll know what to do. But And so, yeah, it's just listening and acting on it too. I think the most important part of what you just said is that listening is easiest when you are in that spirit though. I mean, like if you're, if you pray and then like you said, go back to watching the movie or go back to listening to whatever music, you know, just resume daily life and you don't think about that, you're not in the attitude of listening, then it's really hard to hear God's voice, you know? But if you're looking for it, if you're saying, okay, God, I know I was watching this movie and it's probably not putting me in the best spirit right now. It might not be a terrible movie, but it's not pointing me to God right now. And what I really need is to be in the spirit so I can I can receive what you have for me. Because like we've just read, he wants to give it to us. And if we don't understand or we don't know the answer, it's because we haven't asked in the right way, you know? Yeah, there's that. It's like an old, I don't know. It's an old story analogy of two farmers praying for rain and one gets his crops and his fields ready for the rain, you know, brings his, all his animals inside for the storm or whatever, even though there's not a cloud in the sky. And um, you say, well, which one of the farmers was actually praying for it or in the right? You know, which one was expecting it, God to answer? And, and not that it's a perfect analogy because maybe God's answer was no. Uh, right now, there is no rain coming. I need it to be dry. But yeah, I, I completely agree. 
So basically, bottom line is just never say amen at the end of your prayers. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're done speaking, just never <laughs> say <laughs> Start a new chapter. Every prayer. Chapter four. <laughs> prayer services would go on for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, It'd be eternal. I get that segues us in <laughs> eternal. Hey, that's that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> is that how Zion comes? I think so. Eternal prayer service. Probably so. Zion is an eternal prayer service, yeah. but it's one of the fun prayer services. Yeah, where right where everyone's happy to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not waiting to go back home so I can play my video games because I'm 12 years old and mom drugged me there. I'll want to be there. Look behind the curtain. We are currently recording this during a prayer service that we are not attending. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's Wednesday. Oh, no, that's just, true. It's Wednesday. That's all. We, uh, <laughs> uh, our next guest is coming from prayer service. Indeed. Indeed. So we are accepting of prayer services, just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have anything against prayer service. <laughs> Apparently just this week. Do Seventh-day Adventists have their prayer services on Wednesday or are they Thursday or Tuesdays? No clue. Do they have prayer services? No clue. I think they're only... <laughs> only think, Saturdays? I think they're only on the seventh day. Do you, can you imagine how much I, stuff they'd I get no done idea. if they worked all week long? <laughs> <laughs> like they're supposed you to? Can, <laughs> you can say that about us. Yeah, too. I know that you can. You we really do something can. every day. <laughs> you can most definitely say that about us. That's another thing. That we, I don't know if we've talked about that, but Sunday being the rest day, and we've looked at that as our spiritual high instead of Monday through Saturday opportunities to have our spiritual high then. And then Sunday, it's like, all right, Lord, I've done my home visiting. I've done my praying. I don't know. You know, I was going to say praying fervently for someone, you know, uh, helping uplift the whoever needs help that week in the community. And then Sunday's like, all right. Uh, just you and me today and then it's a relaxed but i think it kind of flip-flops and it's like all right sunday we'll get our our service in and then we'll uh yeah. we'll get our nap in if you're well, my dad well yeah <laughs> if you're anybody's dad <laughs> <laughs> if you're me <laughs> fair uh-oh jason oh no you guys Do I you have something to that. tell us <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> hmm. no announcements here okay well that brings us in <laughs> to chapter 15 there's a pretty good verse in here that i liked i actually read this and i was like "Ooh, that'd make a good uh like if i was like a celebrity athlete i'd definitely put this in my twitter bio right here um <laughs> 15 7 not that i can't i just even though i'm not a celebrity it's athlete, only cool if you're famous though. yeah i mean i'll definitely tell people about it just right okay so uh 15 7 is i glory in plainness i glory in truth I glory in my Jesus, for he hath redeemed my soul from hell. I don't know. It's a, I think that's a It's a really simple verse. It's an uplifting verse. It's a, Here's Nephi coming to the end of his writings, at least, that we have. And he's kind of ending it on a high note, at least right here. And we were talking before the show. Andrew was like, well, you know, read a couple more down. So I'll let you take eight and nine and ten. But well, they're I all think, good verses. Yeah, I, th- I think it just continues and it's plainness and truth and and in eight it says i have charity for my people and the and great faith in christ that i shall meet many souls spotless at his judgment seat i have charity for the jew i say jew because i mean them from whence i came i also have charity for the gentile so i i really appreciate eight verse eight because it says i have charity for my people 
in great faith in Christ, and then I shall meet many souls spotless at his judgment seat. Sorry for reading that just twice in a row, but I really appreciate it because it's so easy, especially when you are trying to do the right things, not saying that you're always doing the right things or that I am, but it's really hard for me when I feel like I'm doing a lot, you know, maybe I'm not, <laughs> probably not, but when I feel like that, it's really easy to get discouraged because of the wickedness of the world or how many people are around me that don't have good intentions. I think last episode, Sam was saying that he, he, uh, some comments about how he, he kind of views people to have good intentions. And I'm like the same way I, I see people just have, I, I want them to have good intentions. And so it's, it's really hard for me to see people that don't. And, and I just find so much hope in this saying, you will find spotless, many spotless souls or souls spotless at his judgment seat. There will be so many people who are searching purely for Christ and you have no chance of feeling alone. You know, like you might be in this life and you might feel alone at the moment, but there are so many more, whether they have gone on before, whether they're still to come, whether you just don't know them. There are people out there searching truly for for that relationship with Christ and you have hope and, and uh, community through that. Um, and that reminded me actually of a testimony Sam had um, and he shared on Restored Gospel Podcast about him having friends. Oh, yeah. I was in high school. Are you leading that yeah, to make yeah, me share? Sure. <laughs> uh, um, I was in high school and it came... I mean, you have, I didn't grow up around independence. I grew up kind of isolated. Um, it was myself, uh, my family. Uh, there was another family, uh, actually Josh Pedersen, who we had on as a guest, the first guest. Um, he's married to Jasmine and Jasmine's family went there and her youngest brother was a year older than me. So we all went to church together. And then there was another family with a, a guy in my grade and a, his sister was a year older than me as well. And so, we had, you know, there's a three of us that were really friends uh, up there in the church, and but my main my main group of friends in Lamoni anyway was kindly kind of non non church friends. And then when I come down here, I always had my my cousins, and I had Jason, and um, through Jason I met Andrew, and then through Andrew I, you know, you meet other people. I you just you had the church friends, and then you had the up north friends, and so kind of at a point when I was like, you know, one's pulling me to do one thing and the other group's pulling me towards Christ and in a way, and I just, I don't want to lose anyone, but I had that kind of experience, not experience, I just a thought process that, um, you know what, it was okay if I didn't do those things that um, the group up north was pulling me to do simply because I would always have friends, even if they, they didn't want to be my friends anymore because I wouldn't do stuff with them. Um, I always had friends down here. That said, those guys up north were not were not bad people. They were they were good. They were just you know worldly friends. And so I kind of confessed that on a caravan. And Doug Smith spoke to uh, me under the influence of the Spirit, um, I believe, and he told me that if I would always put the Lord first, always put Christ first, that I would always be surrounded by individuals who had the same values as me, or yeah, had the same has the same importance. That really came to fruition after I moved down to Independence. And I did the internship. And I had my experience still kind of, I would say, 
one and a half of my feet were in the boat, but not two quite fully two yet. And then Amos had his experience, who we had Amos on last week. And that, I did the internship. Amos had his experience. We took a trip together, two others that I had, uh, one that was in the foundation internship with me, and then another one who I didn't really know very well, but boom, blam, like that. We had uh, four guys all together, and, and we all had the same, we were all on the same understanding. It was just a really good good trip and then andrew and amos and i were all really good friends and jason too and so it's just lords came through on that experience that that i put him first and i always had someone to to fellowship with always had someone to bond with so surprise god is true (laughs) (laughs) i i really appreciate that testimony and what i found in my life and i won't preach this as absolute truth but when god says something to someone it's also true to someone else you know through this testimony that sam just shared and through this scripture we have a great response or a great fight for um or not for but against that feeling that uh, a lot of people a lot of people struggle with and that is loneliness you know it's especially in this world when it's come to social media and um online presence and um, living a lot of your line, or a lot, a lot of your life, uh, in your house and on your phone and and stuff like that, it leads to a lot of loneliness, you know. And and we see it in the the schools. We see it in camps. Every time I've staffed at a camp, I've heard countless people say, "Yeah, it's just so lonely when I go back home," you know. And we have through these through these different avenues, we have hope for. A relationship with other people this is something inside us that's yearning for community and we have a promise of it through the scripture and through sam's testimony is that god wants us to be together he doesn't want us to be alone you know like that 10th avenue north song no man is an island and, and he doesn't want to use use us as an island you know he wants to he wants to have us be together and so i i just love that verse because um Personally, I can say that I I have struggled with that same loneliness. And when Sam shared that testimony for the first time, you know, it it brought me such hope as, you know, that promise is is sure for um, you and I as well. Just call me the hope bringer. Hello, hope bringer. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode, you got to introduce yourself as the hope bringer. (laughs) Well, the Lord delights in having us all together, I think. That's why he commanded us to meet together oft, not just once a week, not just twice a week. Oft. Oft. Is that scripture found in the Book of Mormon? Meeting together oft. You know how Moroni and I ran out of room on the plates? I wonder if he saved any room by writing oft instead of often. It's possible. He it's had in to the make... DNC, Sam. Oh. I'm kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, that brings us to, I mean, just going to keep plugging through, I guess, on on chapter 15. We got here, verse, chap- verse 12. I like these next few verses. <laughs> oh, there's the culprit. I didn't know who, I didn't know who wrote it down. So these next few verses, it just talks about, Nephi, uh, well, Nephi's talking about how the words he's speaking is absolute truth and from God, and that basically he has such confidence that he's like, even if you think I'm wrong, 
just go to God and he'll tell you I'm right. And I think that's cool to have kind of that confidence. But in verse 13, he also says, um, and if they are not the words of Christ, judge ye, for Christ will show unto you with power and great glory that they are his words at the last day. That also shows some slight tips on discernment where um, here he's basically telling us to recognize his authority and also, and you know, believe that he got this from God, but it is also on us to kind of test the spirit and also go to God with things that we read, things that um, we hear and make sure it's actually of him and it follows his doctrine. And if it doesn't, he'll, show us that. And if it does, then you'll just confirm what you heard. And and that goes into what we've already talked about with feasting on the words and praying and such. So I have a question for both of you. And um, I, I don't have a, a right or wrong answer and there might not be one, but we've talked about there being an aspect of prayer that is listening. And then we just brought, uh, Jason just brought up this point of discernment. Do you think they are related? Those, those two things? things and if so do you think they're the same thing do you think they're a part of each other or what do you think well if we go by what i just said of well trying to well no (laughs) i'm saying of of trying to uh test the spirits and basically confirm or deny what we've heard then we have to have a response from god when we're praying to him and so we definitely have to be listening for that um what happens if you don't get a response then I think, well, what I've always said is... So scripture. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just just bagging on Jason. (laughs) He's Uh, really a nice guy. (laughs) Sometimes. It's probably right. (laughs) I've just always said, if it... You see, now you're going to look silly because I'm going to say, if it goes against scripture, then it's wrong. But if it is confirmed in scripture, then it's right. And... I don't think there's a whole lot of stuff out there that you can't confirm either um, by scripture or at least um, there's a lot of patterns set on new things to come forth. And there's certain patterns that God will follow in the future um, when things are revealed to us. Uh, But yeah, there's, there's guidance in the scriptures and we just have to know truth. And the more truth we know, then the easier it is to be, to spot false. Yeah. Which again, knowing truth comes down to keeping the commandments, knowing God, having a better relationship with him and feasting, feasting mm. cheat days only every day, every day, every day kind of cheat and day. cheat days are good. Are good. <laughs> <laughs> Great They're, analogy. When are they not good though? <laughs> when you're trying to lose weight. <laughs> oh, well, I guess. Yeah. Um, or in a row. fair i was listening to a sermon by timothy keller he's he's a guy out of new york i don't know if i can say his name i don't well you did now (laughs) cats out of the bag tim's out of the bag uh you listen to who (laughs) timothy keller and uh he's a he's a minister out of new york city and he had this he's not he's not um, rlds right correct yeah he um is i he runs a, a protestant church i think or non-denominate i some some sort of church something and in new york <laughs> it's a christian church that's all i have to say i guess and i i do recommend a lot of his stuff but 
he had this sermon on God's will, and it was very interesting. And a lot of people, he was telling this story, he said, a lot of people come up to me and say, well, Tim, I have this problem, and I have this problem, and I have this problem. What do I do? I, I have these choices before me, and I could turn left, I could turn right, I could go over it, I could go under it, you know? Uh, but But which one's right? Which one's God's will? And he was like, God's will is for you to want to do the right thing and then you make a choice and then you evaluate that choice once you've made it and if it was a good choice you make it again and if it was a bad choice you don't make it again (laughs) and that's all it was it was it was all about you got to just be honest with yourself you make you you can't back yourself into a corner with being so afraid of making a decision that you say i'm so unsure about what is the right choice that i'm not going to make one because that is another wrong choice you Mm -hmm. know you your right choice is an action so you have to choose some sort of action and 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 i just love that insight into into god's will is that it's really not whether uh you know like when we're we're talking about prayer and, and listening and getting answers when you ask god Hey God, should I turn left? Should I turn right? Should I go over or under this problem? You know, his, his answer might just be to just do something, just do something. And, and, and and I want you to want to see me on the other side, you know? And and so what's, what's the scripture that says, uh, it is given to men to do much good. Uh, Well, it just said something about us doing a lot of good in this one in four, uh, 15, sorry. Um, and the end of 12 and they teach all men that they should do good there's one uh, there is one I, I know what you're talking it's about it's more but. specific and it's really bad that we don't know that because it was just in the sermon I was at yesterday or uh, Sunday uh, but again that leans back on you have the power to do good God gave you your decision making there is tough decisions sometimes where you don't know like should I take this job? I don't know which one glorifies the Lord more, which one, but for the most part, you know, <laughs> you know, and we talk about praying without ceasing. There's also times when God expects you to, like you just said, do what you know, what he's taught you already and not keep coming back and going, okay, God, is it really okay if I help this poor person too? Okay. Is it really okay if I give poor, uh, this, this guy money, you know, just, because he turns into a vending machine again yeah yeah yeah, and you're and eventually he's just i mean i don't know if he'll say it but he'll be (laughs) he might be thinking you know what you're supposed to do you just either don't want to do it or quit trying to hold my hand yeah go out and do your own stuff (laughs) not like that he wouldn't say that but yeah it's a bad thing to be paralyzed by fear of doing the wrong thing and and there's so much grace that we have for our wrong decisions that you know, God's not going to be mad if we make the wrong decision as long as we're trying to follow what he wants. And I, I don't think his will is a point by point like target that we have to follow. It's like it's not connect the dots. It's just like here's this circle, just like be in this circle and you're in my will. You know, it's do the things which I've commanded you do the things which would help bring forth the kingdom and just those things like Am I building other people up? It's not as difficult as we tend to make it. And I think God gives us a lot of leeway in terms of our own decision making because he he doesn't want to control us. And if we ask him 
in every scenario what we should do, then he's controlling us. And that's not what he put us here for. Well put. Well, this this is wrapping up our second book of Nephi and the last words that Nephi has, has wrote to us. Because once uh, Jacob kicks off, it's Jacob writing. So glad to have been with you guys through first two books of Nephi. Looking forward to, to what's next. We got a good episode coming up. We got another guest coming. Really excited. Um, Kara Smith, she'll be on the next episode for Jacob 1 and 2. No relation. No relation to Andrew Smith. Thank goodness. <laughs> We should figure that out. We can only handle. All Smiths should be related. (laughs) Fix that. (laughs) Um, Again, we want to remind you to comment, question, criticize. Give us good jokes that we can use for the... Oh, we'd love Because we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode.